0: Welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piskor. Going to look at a classic piece of comic book history here today, Ed. But I want to remind everybody that we do have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon that they can join at three different levels to get access to our videos early. And at the top level, the King Kayfaber level, you will get all of our videos first because you will be sitting in on the recording session actually talking to us while we're doing these videos. Uh, And that will allow you to buy the books that we show before everybody else tries to buy them, something we call the kayfabe effect, whenever the prices go up and they disappear. So check out the Patreon, see which level suits you best. We are also a daily comic book series here on YouTube. We've been doing this for five years, 1500 videos in our back catalog, and you can search through all of those on our YouTube homepage. Search your favorite artist, search your favorite book, You'll probably find something you like there so ed we are going to be looking at the buyer's guide issue number one from 1971 people at home you may be familiar with the uh later iterations of this known as the comics buyer's guide a name it takes on in the early 1980s but it runs up until 2013 so 30 years of this publication is 40 years of this publication from 71 to 2013 This is what it looks like at the end of its life, a glossy monthly magazine. Well, I guess not glossy, glossy cover. And it would have a couple features, but it was centered always around buying and selling comics. So in this case, you even see a price guide being added very late in the game. I used to get these once a year or so because they would have awards. Yeah. And if you sent in a ballot, and I can't remember where I got the ballot because it wasn't from an issue, but somehow I got a ballot one year, I sent it in, and then they'd send you the award, the issue that had all the award winners.
1: I, I actually do think that uh, the, the ballot would be published in an issue, and then you could just you, you cut it out. It's, it's their way to get your address and, and, to, and to pimp you out. But uh, that ballot would also be published in comic books.
0: Yes. Yeah, and that's probably where I found it. And this is a meatier issue than normal because this is a holiday, like a year-end issue. Probably would be kind of fun to go through at some point because it's going to show you, like, what's everybody pushing around Christmas of, you know, 1991. So not too far out of line of the uh, the wizard coverage that we would get into. And, I mean, November 91 is—this is the year of X-Men 1. Absolutely. So this is big. And, and at their peak— that was about their peak. They were selling a little over 20,000 copies in circulation. Yeah, my math teacher on his windowsill had stacks of these. I think, it did it come out weekly? Weekly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It came out weekly for a long time. Whenever it stopped publication in 2013, issue number 1699. So a lot of issues over that 40 years.
1: Yeah, I think that was Don and Maggie Thompson to, took over when, when it was called the Comics... Uh, Uh, the comics buyer's guide
0: that's right they became the editors whenever kraus publications buys this from alan light yeah but alan light had hired them they came out of fandom too so he had hired them to do a column i think in like 73 they start working there, writing a column so they were close to all this material this is an ad zine so like as time went on they would add more columns and things because that allowed them to get a more favorable postal postage rate
1: exactly the only reason that there was any kind of article or content is so that they could get bulk shipping rates and uh you, you needed to have some reason it couldn't just be completely commercial but most of this stuff here it's a you know it's a classified section and a lot of things could come from this uh of course the comic shit but also you might uh co- collaborations can spark up in uh, a publication like this
0: yeah, and if you get into, like, reading some of these ads, there'll be names that you recognize from early days of, of uh, the direct market and things like that, early comic shop days, because you think, like, this is 1971, so there are a couple of comic shops out there. There's no direct market set up yet. This is how you were buying and selling comics. This and maybe some trade shows here and there. Maybe New York or somewhere would have a, a comics convention where you might find this stuff, but it was through the mail. Yeah, absolutely,
1: and you're seeing all the names that you expect to see. I'm seeing... um uh, picture stories of history, picture stories of science. Those are Max Gaines' ECs. I'm seeing Flash Gordon mentioned. I'm seeing Frazetta specifically. Here's your Donald Duck section. So it's all the stuff that the boomers were reading as kids. Now it's you know 20 years later, they're buying all that nostalgia stuff back up again, and uh, it's it's here for a premium. Um, there he's claiming of 3,600 is his
0: circulation here launching the magazine. And as I said, peak is a little over $20,000. Uh, there are your ad rates, which is kind of interesting to see. $16 if you wanted to do a full page in this publication. And it's fun to see, like, what are people figuring out to promote this stuff? Let's do a big piece. Take yeah. advantage of the real estate of the page that you have as opposed to just listing your your couple of... Uh, prices and then look at update the price. I'm gonna write it in marker. I'm gonna
1: cross out the stuff I sold. I love it because, uh, let me let's be frank to re this could be hundreds of dollars, so it's kind of go hardcore with it. And then, uh, to do even do an ad like this, I'm sure that the uh, you know, Captain George has to present the statted materials with typography and all that. To make this ad would have cost. Uh, an investment of just the publisher, you know, it's not like, you know, you or I, where we could design our own thing and make thumbnails and all that. It was a big enterprise. You had to have a, you had to have like a, uh, like print house, put that together and probably had to wait a certain amount of time to get the results back. Yeah. And when you look at this, it's probably
0: somebody just doing it themselves on a typewriter. Yeah. You know, it's not justified or anything like that. So
1: yeah, it's a little pretty neat. Yeah. Like that one, it totally feels like Uh, a typewriter, but this is like really pretty, straight so I, I do wonder if you know that was able to be banged out
0: and these are classified so this is all different people advertising and in many cases it's like they're selling their own fanzines and things look at this man
1: bob kane original artwork the creator of batman and robin draws his famous creations one each of batman and robin both eight and a half by eleven. Oh, and you and it's alan light pimping his shit. that's funny <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's so interesting, like, what was available at this time period. There's, um I was looking into, like, the history of this, and at some point, and I think it might not even be until the 80s, they go to all typeset as, like, sort of the, we want to make this look more professional, presentable, and things like that. But it comes out of that fandom. Like, everybody was just doing their own... Fanzines and that's essentially what this is maybe with a little bit more of a business plan behind it
1: Yeah, and and clearly Alan is uh, in in business for himself and then he gets the primos and then everybody else gets gets extra It's funny how he's he's so colored to me by my relationship with Fantagraphics and Gary Groth and those guys because the first issue of of the Comics Journal after after uh, Gary buys new Nostalgia Journal or whatever the entire first issue that they put together with this new mailing list and new circulation is all in response to Alan Light. Every single page is about Alan Light. It's showing off canceled checks or or cashed checks that people sent in to this publication and didn't get their ads. It's uh wow. it's the guys at Fantagraphics um catching him at a convention at on a panel and transcribing all the stuff that went into that. So they really cast him in a pretty bad light, and so when I see his name, I think of him as a as a, as a bad guy.
0: That's that's it's interesting to have that context. Um, Stranko doing a note for this advertisement, another Captain George, and
1: and it's about the third one we seen for Captain George. So so uh, the cool thing about looking at something like this, on top of just a basic historical significance, is now there's like new names that that I don't I don't know Captain George's right. So that's something I'm going to Google, uh, just to satiate my own f- fan uh,
0: interests. So I like seeing this stuff. It's not just that we're selling you back issues of comics. It's like, these are some of the other comics publications that are being done, you know, Tomorrow Magazine, uh, Reality, <laughs> that's, that's a strange one. Um, you know, but you can see like, this is everything. If you're participating in, in comics fandom,
1: you don't have a lot of outlets. Yeah, and, and, and so many of these things are ad-zines and just just ad zines so you will see part of the sales point will sometimes tell you like with regular features and 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 stuff like that to just like let you know that you actually get some content right because it does kind of get old uh to just like see this shit, and, and it's all the same comics for you know different prices and you just send your money to a different place uh so you know it it, it could get old how about these
0: rub-off transfer screens?
1: Yeah, pretty fascinating.
0: You know, so even like art supplies for the because uh, a lot of these fanzines are artists trading stuff back and forth in the mail or trying to get their artwork published in one of these things.
1: When when you see this, you got to look and see if it's like a Russ Cochran. Uh, it's DynaPubs,
0: which is the same as that art supply piece on the previous page. But then there's stuff that like I don't even know what this is right I like that art but I I don't know what it is right yeah definitely pulling from uh
1: Starenko traditions
0: yeah absolutely boy the full pages are nice they're so big
1: upside down letters <laughs> how about that <laughs> Zip-a-tone straight up there you go how cool is that man this is this is fantastic
0: dollar75 a sheet nine by 13 and a half inches for a sheet of
1: that cartoonist kayfabe is brought to you by the books that we make Uh, out now hip-hop family tree omnibus thank you guys so much for supporting it and if you did not we still have some copies available Uh, there are two rounds of red room that are out there anti-social network and trigger warnings crypto killers the third in the set is coming out in 2024 in january and uh x-men grand design trilogy trade paperback is coming to you in november Another thing that's coming to you in November is the Street Angel Princess of Poverty collection that uh, is the companion piece to Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Jimmy's been at self publishing over the course of uh, this past year the BW zine, 1986 zine, and True Crime Funnies. And of course, Hulk Grand Design is out there on the stands, but uh, not for long. Now that we are done paying the bills, back to the video. Yeah. It's that's about really eight bucks great. An our day.
0: When you see it at this size, too, patterns. Are an actual size right. so you can see like how do these dots reproduce and then if I'm going to reduce them down in size I might need this size as opposed to here and that's what you get 50 lines an inch 42 and a half lines an inch 32 and a half lines of an inch and you had to you had to know that stuff because yeah. if you've got the wrong size and reduced it that's what you get the moray patterns
1: mm-hmm. or just black
0: yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of ways that can go wrong
1: man that was your center fold. They they bought t- that's thirty two dollar ad right there. I, I mean, just imagine like preaching to the choir stuff. Like it it makes you know a young Dan Klaus might have got his in that way.
0: Um, Dynapubs again, like that's another one that's dominating these things. You wonder if Alan Light has has his fingers in that pie at all? Yeah,
1: yeah. Or it's just just some buds. Poster cells. Some Kirby's, some old Supermans for cheap. Uh, you got to pay attention to these to these names because. Because uh, it, it could be an illuminating piece of uh, comic book history cropping up every now and then.
0: Also, this um, Illinois is one of the place where a lot of this stuff is is going back to. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to see like where are the concentrations of this material as well, right? Where's fandom? where's printing? I assume that Illinois is a lot of uh, the printing is coming out of there.
1: This could be one of those, uh, look, another mm-hmm. Illinois thing. Uh, this could be one of those situations that you would get with your print-on-demand books where if you uh, include an ad for the people who make the thing, you might get you know 5% off your, your, your print bill.
0: Yeah, that's not a new thing in the 2000s whenever I start printing. Right. <laughs> or uh, now with all the digital printing, it feels like that's another one.
1: Wrightson was such a hot... Property uh, in in comics fandom, he was like he was like the new hot guy. Whenever he came out,
0: more Captain George this time reprinting Secret Agent X Nine, Dashewham being one of your selling points there. Absolutely, man, Alex Raymond—that's a lot of star power in those two names.
1: That's coming. That one's coming out of Toronto. Virgil Finley, one of the uh, names that that has uh, transcended the pulps to this day. I, I follow. I literally follow. Uh, um, instagram channel specifically because uh of the virgil finley art
0: the collector number 22 this is another fanzine that had a long running uh time and these artists would cross over right like fantuccio who does the cover of this the reason i have collectors is because he did a bunch of work in those so kind of a small world as to who where artists are being able to place their art
1: yeah this is cool right here new york con issue that that would be the phil suling cons that were happening, and of course, Phil Suling, the uh, the, the Grand Pooba of Seagate, distribution creator of the direct market comic book distribution system.
0: Man, and then like hand lettering. <laughs> Look, hand lettering all of these. Super address book, oh man. A listing of the pros home
1: addresses. Oh my goodness. This is, let's see if we can identify some of these cats. Of course, Kirby. What's Dan Jerkins doing back there in 1970? <laughs> I think that might be Frazetta, actually. Ah. Uh, I don't recognize some of these other fellas. Is, is that Dicko? Could that be a Dicko photo that we don't know? Wow, that'd I be think, amazing. If I it think, was, it could be. I think that's Dennis O'Neill. I feel like I've seen that photo before. Stan Lee. Uh, I, I can't see that guy at it's all. It's
0: incredible to me that Stan Lee, it's like he was an old man twice.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. And that's like probably him from the 50s and shit. Mind-blowing. Anomaly. I feel like I heard of that, and and, and, and if that ain't Von Baudet, I call you a liar. And then you see uh, Richard Corbin with, directly from Jan Stranod. How cool is that? Wichita,
0: Kansas. Yeah, that's that's amazing. How about these Robert E. Howard posters? Also,
1: Jan is selling those. Oh, yeah, I wonder who uh, who's the artist behind those things. You know, I I saw Jan on Facebook. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out to that guy. I would love to speak to him. We could probably get you know a better conversation about Corbin yeah. with Jan Stranaud than we could with Richard Corbin himself if we were able to get our hands uh, on on Corbin before he passed
0: yeah'd be that'd be great
1: there goes Phil suling with uh, he looking like uh, the big bopper with that little spit curl
0: and here we have an article by uh, Jan Strarad.
1: I have to do a back, man.
0: As I uh, knew the name when I was a kid, Jan Strand. There you go. Right, <laughs> exactly. And now we're doing our eight-page ads. You know, just kind of testing the waters to see if I actually sell any of my, my comics here. So this and very fine print.
1: So this is literally the one piece of content in this magazine. Yeah, that could have potentially may, maybe in seventy one. This is all you needed to get your uh, bulk shipping rates or something. You got to have th- this one, and it is Yon Uh I I would I would like to read this piece actually. So I'm gonna freeze frame this image uh, on the uh, channel and change the orientation and see what it has to say about uh, the whole the whole scheme. You know what would be interesting because like I don't know exactly know the trajectory. If you could go back one one page just real quick, Jimmy, I wonder if. Jan was just a fan and never never collaborated with uh corbin at this point because like mutant world and stuff that's not 71 71. man that's early yeah uh, yeah so that's that's something that just came to mind that's a
0: good call yeah it's so weird to see this stuff and then remind yourself it's 1971 so like
1: these are underground comics totally and then and then you have to change your mindset because like in say 77 78 this would be Barry Windsor Smith influence, but this is just like Frazetta or like Hal Foster. Like Barry Windsor Smith ain't even really doing uh, Conan, I don't think, at this point, 71. I think that comes later. Yeah, it's,
0: it's very early. Um, and I was looking at addresses, you know, Portland. There's one in Washington State here, Massachusetts. So you are starting to see representation from different pockets around the, the U.S.
1: of people dealing comics, so, trading so, comics. So here's the questions, Jimmy. Here's the questions that I would love for... Uh, Uncle- and pub. Looks like that is uh, Alan Light. Uncle, Uncle Jeet, are you out there? Uh, if you if you have a circulation of 3,000, that means you're starting from somewhere. So what was Alan Light doing before this in order to get some addresses? Furthermore, what was he doing to get the people, you know, to solicit the ads and stuff? Like, like how does that part work? It's chicken and the egg. You know, you're starting this new venture and you got... You know, I think it's clear that some of it is, is him and maybe one or two other people. But, you know, there's a couple of disparate ads, Portland, Oregon, and, you know, that's quite a distance. So uh, so how does that part happen?
0: It's a good question. And yeah, I don't know. Whoever's out there that wants to take a stab at watch, it.
1: Watch watch episode one of our wizard coverage where the letters coming in are from Bendover and and Spock <laughs> Goldstein.
0: Yeah, exactly. How about this? This is one year anniversary issue. And you can see the level of sophistication rising just in the typesetting and having a logo now for the publications.
1: Yeah, is it possible to go through this one kind of quick? Sure. February 72.
0: And look, now you're you're putting your circulation numbers right on the cover. Let everybody know that
1: you wanna put an you, ad. You, in you get here. some
0: bang for your money here. But you know what? Full page ads still sixteen dollars, so that hasn't spiked.
1: I have this issue of Fantastic Fanzine. Uh, this this is Gary Groth. This is a Gary Groth publication.
0: Yeah, I have this one. Is another one that uh, I should say these are from Rick at Casablanca. Hooked me up with these, and uh, I have this publication. But I mean, this is what it was, you know. Like that's what all these guys that end up leaving their marks. That's what they're making. You know, they're like self-publishing their zines and. Trying to sell a few ads and reaching out to the artists that they know and everything. I love seeing like uh, Basil Wolverton was also in that that first one in one of these ads. So
1: take a look at our artist edition for the uh, the what do you call it, man? His uh his biblical shits. It's cool to see you know like fandom was a fan of him. Oh totally yeah yeah it's 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 sort of always always been that way. You know like there there are the understood cool guys and then it, you know it's it is people like unsung heroes, like, like Glenn Bray, you know, that, that kind of help bring a lot of that to the surface. This was
0: something I wanted to point out whenever, uh, when I was looking through these buddy Saunders. So you guys, buddy Saunders has come up a few times on here. One was in the, uh, words. What was the Frank Miller, Stephen Grant? WAP. WAP. Yeah. Words and Pictures, the, the newsletter. And it was buddy Saunders was really against the adult content that was coming out to the point that he had memos to his employees that leaked then to WAP and was published there. But he is also My Comic Shop. You know, MyComicShop.com. Com. My MyComicShop.com. So
1: selling comics for a long, long, long time. Yeah. That's like, 50
0: years of retail, right? That's 55 years of retail.
1: When we were doing the, the old comics journals, like I was Googling these guys' names and people that had these little zines and things, they, they put together whole conventions and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there, there wasn't an alternative. It's not
0: like there was a professional level that these people could rise to. They, they invented that.
1: And, and by the way, that, that, worked, that worked in the most professional settings also. Uh, Roy Thomas, coming from Alter Ego, uh, a fanzine, like gets kind of adopted by Marvel. When Roy Thomas is in effect at Marvel, he reaches out to Gary Groth, who's a kid who has a fanzine and, and uh, knows how to hit his marks and get something in print radio shows old radio shows that you would
0: buy what media are you buying these on they're selling them on like they call it half track
1: three inch reels yeah man it's exactly that uh and and you know this I didn't even this, know what that is this persists you know what it is it's it's like uh, the cia Fucking two Back. two things like people have that. Shit. How
0: much are you dedicated to that 1924 radio show that you've got like your tape your reel to reel tape player set up? I think to people listen. have those. I, like, I, I think like, you're like, right.
1: Like uh, the, uh, the Magnavox because Memorex cassette tape is a later invention. See, that's a very eye catching ad. Yes, it is. That's yeah. a great great t- title. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what you're selling. Uh, but one thing that is remarkable, and it speaks to fa- fandom, is that. Uh, I have not seen one mention of Crumb or The Undergrounds, which are, have been out for three years at this point. So that speaks to the juvenilia of, mm-hmm. of what comics fandom proper really was and is. And, you know, you never, to this day, I don't think you'll see Zap Comics in, like, The Overstreet Guide. Like, it's there's a whole wing of comics that does already exist that the Wednesday Warriors, we'll call them, the Wednesday Warriors of the early 70s, just completely... Pay no attention to
0: right how about this next time you're in chicago be sure to visit the fantasy shop so comic shops have you know there are brick and mortar comic shops that are participating in this yeah and i mean that's got to be very early on for comic shop 72 totally not not too many of them out there. and it's a
1: chicago store so so we we don't even know the lineage of that one
0: we're in fandom, so uh, let's celebrate Carl Barks. Hate to see his name broken up into two lines like that, but <laughs> that's all right. We're also early, early, way before desktop publishing, but kind of cool. You know, specialized fanzines mixed in with back issues, with uh, ad zines, with uh, whatever people are making and trying to sell here.
1: I would just got a hold of a bunch of uh, Barks Collector uh, zines for what, a, do- a dollar a piece. I've pulled I pulled Barks Collector
0: zines out of there before, so it might, might be worth a, uh, a check in there. I need to drop some stuff off to them. More of the radio premiums. It's it's neat to see kind of like what the tangential
1: to comics stuff is. Fantastic Fanzine is... See, this is interesting. Because Dinah Press... And we saw it before with the earlier Fantastic Fanzine 11, which is Gary Groth. This is Gary Groth. Yeah. So Alan Light is doing some half-assed distribution. Or he's collecting the money and sending it to... It's like there's there's something that Dinah Pubs is doing to, to get shit out there but like fantastic fanzine is my publisher gary groth from fantagraphics some of his early zine works that's darenko is that strength is this uh is this groth oh yeah it totally is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> very young dude he looks like tony hawk from like the bones brigade era
0: yeah there's a lot of hair on that head good stuff man over one eye a little emo <laughs> perhaps 25 page report on the 71 comic art convention in new york you know
1: what that is so here's the comic art convention photo for 1969 oh, yeah and there's there's my publisher <laughs> gary groth right there dude amazing isn't that cool as hell when is he born because like how old is he here uh, gotta he, be. He, he might be single digits yeah like 11 and and dude just speaking to like good parenting and stuff like his pops was a captain in the army and you know his pops thought that this was some whack ass bullshit, but still like supported his boy and, and took him to this convention. Like how fosters in here? You know what? Like every great comic strip artist. This is, is here. an
0: amazing photo, and it's very nice, very clear. But uh these dudes are like decked out in suit and ties and stuff. You know, putting on the nines. Groth's wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> I collected my my uh my Eisner in in a, in a t-shirt. That's fantastic. That's really great stuff. And so again, '69 right there. Here we go. Metro Comic-Con 1970 program. This is a show I believe that Gary Groth was putting on. So this little dude right here putting on this show. And you can see, like, (laughs) look at the booklet that goes with it. You know, like, it's a pretty ambitious piece. Right. Map of the place and stuff. And you see
1: the credits. Chairman Gary Groth. Publicity Gary Groth. Art contest, films, publication. Mike Catron is the co-publisher of Fantagraphics before Kim Thompson was a part of it. Steranko the big, yeah. Oh, no, that's John Stewart. But you can see this is
0: i mean pretty ambitious stuff for a program yeah you know you can you can almost see like yeah this dude is <laughs> and, destined to be a publisher and, and, and what's the year this is 70 70 1970 so, so this is one year after this a very very young dude like dude. collecting artwork from pros to put in here sal buscema there with a conan don't even got hair on the sack yet <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we mentioned this is fantastic
1: let me get that out of there
0: this is fantastic fanzine special number two this is a fantastic fanzine this is number 13 I believe um, but you know you've got Groth in here and Fantucci the cover artist here doing ditko an article on ditko so again like this is that time period I don't know if there's a year handy but it's it's got to be 1971 so 1971 this is all kind of within the same. Basically, the same time. This is 1972, this issue of the Buyer's Guide. But it points to like what's being done. I mean, this is professional-level publication. Glossy cover, yeah, white absolutely. pages and
1: stuff. Oh, dude, uh, grab that and flip on the back cover. It's a Dave Crockham piece of fandom art. Wow. Before he's a pro. And, you know, in Gary's office, he just has a ton of this stuff. He's got so much that Fantuccio dude's artwork and a couple other names like come up a bunch. But like he might have just have this piece laying around. He's got Bernie Wrightsons uh, and they're all just in this like little cupboard that are stacked on top of each other. Like when I went there the first time, he was so gracious. It just let me fucking have the run of the place. I'm just going everywhere and I'm going through every piece of art in there. It's the first time I saw this Fantuccio dude's name. And that's where I found that one like buried in that the mix of this thing. It would be like a, a liquor cabinet. In in Gary's office that just is full of artwork. That's where I found those um, Mobius like uh, Jaime Hernandez pages, where it's like a demon with like penises coming all over him. Never <laughs> saw it published, C- coming out of him, not coming on him. But uh, is this a demon with dicks? And it's clearly Jaime, and it's just in stacked yeah. amongst all this other stuff.
0: Realm coming out of Missouri, and look at the lineup here: John Buscema, Roy Thomas, Bill Kalua. Drought. Dicko, and Buddy Saunders, again, you know, like like in the middle of that. Same thing. Here's one out of Iowa, Pandora. So, like, everybody's just
1: publishing these zine, magazine, fanzine kind of things, you know? This is interesting. Could this be Larry Todd, the the underground guy? Seems about right, yeah. Because, like, the only undergrounds we saw in all of this, man, were the ones that you would expect. You would expect Vaughn Bod- Bodie, and you would expect Robert. I mean Richard Corbin. But, like, Larry Todd what the fuck did he do it's not it's not cherry popped or desolary wills but he was a part of that crew yeah i see that name come up
0: but yeah it doesn't doesn't
1: i can't i can't pull it off on the spot here original artwork oh my goodness name some prices and and is the address gil Kane, uh such and such i can't even make this stuff out it looks like buck
0: rogers and uh something by gray morrow ten bucks (laughs) Five by seven. Oh, it's a sketch. That one's just a sketch. So yeah. A few of these will have uh, artwork listed if you get into some of the minutia of the fine print. Comic fandom monthly. You know, you can see it like they're trying so hard to get to the point of legitimacy of of professional level. And and they do eventually, but that's what you see in here. Like the people that are really pushing in that direction and finding each other to kind of make a team and go at it. Fancon 72.
1: Yeah, Kelly Freese, painter for the uh, Mad Magazine covers. Wally Wally Wood? Wood? I don't know this name.
0: Yeah, Murray Leinster. Not familiar with that. That's in Norfolk, Virginia. So you're seeing conventions popping up and trying to bring artists and stuff. Might
1: be a local hero. Look at this. (laughs) (laughs) Void. (laughs) Look at that.
0: (laughs) I feel like that guy might not be one we know. Again, personal ads. Handwritten personal ads. A lot of these are handwritten you know one year in it's it's becoming almost more amateur From lexington
1: promoting tim vigil comics yes that's what i see <laughs> so oh my goodness look at this right here mm. see i knew i would find something cool in this motherfucker like monty BoCamp, the guy who uh is the the blab editor-in-chief the curator blab magazine uh has old fandom stuff like like see i didn't know that about this guy that's pretty cool. I like I like seeing names that I recognize.
0: Yeah, and he's also looking for stuff like that's kind of neat too. Like these people that are selling aren't just selling. Like it's fandom, baby. Yeah, definitely.
1: What's he hustling, man? He's hustling, man. He would be embarrassed about the comics that he's pimping yeah. out. Sub, Submariner, That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's just old comics, but he is there, and this is the same headquarters of like Dyna Pubs. So uh, you know, you 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 kind of almost get these guys. I don't know, birds of a feather, right? Flocking together and stuff. Toronto with the Cosmic Con in 72. So it does feel like there's groundswell. You can almost go through these things and kind of get a sense of like, there's a lot of energy around comics in the early 70s, which is pretty amazing whenever you think about history of comics and ebbs and flows, like a lot of energy around them in the early 70s here.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, th- this, is, this is an episode that, that uh, we sort of hang our hats on being able to uh, unearth this kind of obscure... Hard to find material. I was stunned
0: to see these. Because, yeah.
1: I mean, these are
0: delicate newsprint. People right. aren't, they don't fit in the comic box. They just don't exist. I never
1: see these anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to happen if you don't, like, kind of go to the source and get this stuff. And, it, it, I mean, they're not even bent up all that much.
0: Yeah, I was curious, like, do they grade these? Like, what's, what's a top grade for one of these, man? Like a, like a now, four, man. like a three? Like, they can't be in good shape at this point. They right. weren't in good shape when they came off the presses. No.
1: No, what an episode, man. You good to go? Yes. Okay, Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. We are a daily YouTube channel with more than 1,500 videos at your disposal. We might have talked about some of your favorites, so search for your favorite uh, comics on the front page of the Kfabe YouTube channel. Hit the magnifying glass, search for your favorites, check out those episodes. If we did not talk about your favorite comics, you have to let us know in the comments so that we can push your faves a little bit higher up on our uh, two read piles and make those uh, episodes for you as soon as possible. The Patreon exists for the King Kfabers to get all of the videos before anybody else does. Uh, it mitigates the Kayfabe effect. The things that we talk about on this channel, things like uh, the, you know, the Escapo trade paperback, whatever, uh, they become very expensive if you can even find them online at all. And it's always the King Kayfabers who get earliest dibs at those copies by getting the fully produced videos, plus the live stream recording sessions that we do while we produce the videos. Ultimately, though... The videos are brought to you by the books that we make before you is a good smattering of uh, our bibliography but we uh, make new comics all the t- time so jimmy let the people know what you got i've been self-publishing lately
0: i have true crime funnies a collection of three short nonfiction stories 1986 zine is a celebration of the greatest year in comics history 1986 looking at everything from dark knight to mouse to uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles and their many ripoffs and the bw zine Looking at the Black and White Explosion self-publishing and small press books of the 1980s, these are all available right now on my website, jimrug.com. Coming up in November, I will have a new volume of Street Angel. Street Angel, Princess of Poverty will be out from Image Comics at the end of November. You can pre-order or reserve that one now. It is a companion piece to Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, also available from Image Comics. Together, these two books will collect all of my Street Angel comics that I have created so far and finally hulk grand design my contribution to the grand design stories one of the books i'm most proud of making this thing is out of print at the distro level which means if it's at your comic shop scoop it up because it is going to disappear and be hard to replace prices are already going up online for these so if you haven't added hulk grand design to your collection yet do that now
1: the hip hop family tree omnibus is out there in full effect thank you guys so much for supporting it if you did and if you have not yet, uh, right at this moment, at least, uh, there's there's some steep discounts online that you could find if you don't have a good comic shop in town. 504 pages with about 140 plus pages of additional material. Uh, it's going to serve all customers. The, the people who uh read Hip Hop Family Tree in the past, you're getting a lot more material to, uh, to chew on. And if you've never seen Hip Hop Family Tree before, like now is the time, or generating new readership with this uh, latest Hip Hop Family Tree omnibus, Let's sell it out before uh, 2023 closes out the calendar year. I think that's a noble goal, and and we're uh, more than 75% of the way toward that goal. Not the only holiday piece I'm having uh, come out in 2023. There's going to be an X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback uh, coming to you. It's going to include all of my X-Men Grand Design works uh, in one handy uh, package. It's going to be the size of a comic. It's going to be smaller than the Hip Hop Family Tree size big books, but uh, that is coming to you in November. Red Room has been the focus for the past couple of years. There are two trade paperbacks out right now, uh, the Anti-Social Network and Trigger Warnings. Third's going to come to you in January. It's called Crypto Killers. And uh, right now I am serializing my daily strip uh, exclusively to my Patreon. Uh, it's, gonna, it's called Switchblade Shorties. It's going to be coming out January 1st, 2024. But you could uh, get a leg up and, and uh, check out those comics before they see the light of day to Genpop. Plus, I uh, do streams every now and then here on the kayfabe channel producing new uh new comic pages and new new strips for that series so thank you guys who have been uh, supporting that let's keep that rocking uh the books are the absolute most important part of uh keeping cartoonist kayfabe sustainable uh to the point where jimmy and i could uh, collaborate and put these videos together uh, there are, however, some other ways to support uh, the channel. Jimmy, let the people know.
0: Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video.
1: Oh, good ways to support the channel. Give him some marching gorgeous Jimmy and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.